Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. Several years ago, we stayed at a beach on the northwest coast of the United States. And I asked the people who own the place, is there any must-do things or must-see things while we're here? And they said, you have to take a walk on the beach during the low tide, and you'll find hundreds and hundreds of sand dollars. And I thought, well, I've never seen that many sand dollars at one time, so sure, why not? So the next morning, we went out at the appropriate time, and sure enough, the shoreline was just peppered with sand dollars. I mean, you couldn't even count them. There were just so many of them. But we also noticed that they were starting to disappear quickly because the birds and the seagulls were swooping down and taking them. So if we wanted any of those sand dollars, we were going to have to shoo them away. And that's exactly what we did for the next 15 minutes. We were out there flailing our arms and doing everything possible to make sure that we got to the sand dollars before the seagulls did. And we still have a big shoebox full of those sand dollars. It's a, it's a fun memory that will always stick with us. And as I read Genesis 15, that adventure pops into my mind. And you know, one of the most challenging things to always keep in the forefront of our minds is that we have to keep the why before the what. When you're ready to buy a big screen TV or a home, or a car, or planning a career move, it's easy to get our focus reversed so that our attention lands on the what. But when you pause long enough to ask the question, why, it kind of yanks us back to seeing things through the proper lens. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Or why am I about to do what I'm about to do? In Genesis 15, we see how the nation of Israel essentially came into being. It was a promise that God gave to Abraham, and at this point, his name is still Abram because God hadn't changed it to Abraham yet. And God was going to bless his lineage so that many, many kids and grandkids would be born, and his family and those generations would continue to grow until one day they would be so large that they would become a nation. And Abram gets stuck on the how. And so God tells him not to be afraid and that he would be his shield as well as his reward. Now, that's a comforting thought. God would be his protection as well as his reward. But again, Abraham gets stuck on the how and the what. God, how are you possibly going to pull off your promise to me? I mean, I don't have any kids. I'm not getting any younger. Neither is my wife. And the closest thing I have to an heir is Eliezer, my right-hand man. So God gives him a visual. He says, go outside and look up. He says, do you see all the stars? That's how many descendants you're going to have. So, Obviously, it's dark enough to see the stars, but it's not yet sunset. That happens later. 
And that's when God goes one step further and creates another visual for him. He tells him to find and cut in half a three-year-old heifer, a goat, and a ram, as well as to find a turtle dove and a young pigeon. So Abram obeys, and these are going to be the sacrifice on Abram's part. Now let's think through this for a minute. The heifer probably weighed in at 800 pounds, and without any power tools at his disposal, it was going to be difficult to cut those animals in half. You talk about a hard day of physical labor. But he obeys, and then he waits. That's the part that stands out to me. He had to wait for God to show up. And God didn't show up till the sun was going down. And here's my point. God didn't show up in the time frame Abram most likely expected him to. And he spent the rest of the day shooing the vultures away. When those birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Why? The birds wanted to steal the sacrifice. Now, there's a parable that Jesus told about a sower. He goes out and he sows seed on every imaginable type of soil, but there are certain reasons why the seeds didn't grow. And basically, the problem was the types of soil in which the seeds were planted. And Jesus goes on to explain that the parable is all about letting us see how receptive people's hearts are for hearing the truth. And God's cipher key for all the parables is simply that God wants us to understand his truths and have them grow in us, but that there are enemies and opportunities that will try to remove or steal those truths from us. But Abram wasn't going to let that happen. He spent valuable time and energy shooing the vultures from his sacrifice. The problem that Abram had, and the problem that we have, is that we get tired of swatting the buzzards away because we don't see God at work. You see, God had made the promise. Abram was obedient. He prepares the sacrifice. He lays it out, and the buzzards just keep coming. And then we read something in verse number 12, and if you're not careful, you'll miss it. It says, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And I believe he was absolutely exhausted at this point. Keeping the birds off of the sacrifice wore him out physically and emotionally. And then we read, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. In between him giving the sacrifice and receiving God's promise, there's darkness. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't expect darkness to follow sacrifice. I don't expect darkness to follow my obedience. And this wasn't your ordinary kind of darkness. It's described as a dreadful darkness, a horror of great darkness. And maybe you feel like Abram. Maybe you've been obedient. Maybe you've laid out the sacrifice. And you're thinking, isn't blessing supposed to follow obedience? But here we see that all Abram saw was darkness. 
Well, let me encourage you. God wasn't absent. God sees where you are. He's still a part of your story. He sees the sacrifice. He sees the obedience. So keep fighting the vultures off. And maybe you're in need of some serious sleep like Abram was. When our bodies are tired, it affects us emotionally and spiritually. When our mind is tired, it affects us physically and spiritually. When we are spiritually tired, it affects us emotionally and physically. You see, they're all intertwined. God made us that way. You remember that dark spot in Elijah's life? He thought and he believed that he was the only one on the planet who was serving God. What was his solution? Well, God, just go ahead and kill me. I'm the only one left who loves you and serves you. But God's solution was much different. He said, Elijah, go eat. Now go sleep. Now get up and eat some more. No long preachy sermons about how his thinking was flawed. It was just simply, Elijah, you need rest. You need sustenance. And you need to be reminded that I'm going to take care of you. And this, this whole shooing away of the vultures thing seems like a funny detail to include. But it illustrates something that happens every single day. While we're trying to strengthen our faith, buzzards are circling to derail those efforts. And listen, buzzards, those vultures, are nothing more than distractions. When you boil it down, you peel all the layers back, they're nouns. They're people, places, and things. And those people, places, and things can last an entire season of our life, not just a day, like with Abram. And beating off those buzzards can affect our thought life, we begin to develop anxious thoughts, annoying thoughts, wrong thoughts, worrying if God is actually going to show up. But our job is to make sure that no person, place, or thing steals our sacrifice. You see, the season of shooing away vultures is a very vulnerable season because we see it as a delay. We're thinking, where's God in all of this? And it's in that season when we're the most vulnerable that the buzzards like to come. Why is that? Because buzzards are always attacking our sacrifice to God. And you would think after working so hard and obeying God, God would make sure that Abram got a good night's sleep. But no, basically during this darkness, God lets him know that his offspring would grow into a great nation. That's the good part. But that they'd also be taken into slavery for 400 years. Now, we know how all that happened because we have the book of Exodus. And it was Moses that God chose to lead them out of slavery. But Abram had no clue as to how all of that was going to go down. Now, what happens next is when Abram is still in that dark moment, God himself as a fire pot, a furnace, a flaming torch comes down and passes between the pieces of the animals that Abram had cut in two. Now, what was the purpose of dividing those animals in two? 
It was a picture of God on one side and Abram and us on the other side. The act of dividing the animals and walking through the pieces was an ancient form of a contractual agreement. And obviously our culture is way different and contractual agreements continue to change through the centuries. I mean, in my dad's generation, a handshake or a man's word was his promise. When I was a kid, I heard the expression, scouts honor a lot. And that meant that you were telling the truth. When you were trying to convince your parents that you weren't lying, you'd say something like, no, mom, really, cross my heart, hope to die if it's not true. But again, this was the custom and the culture of the day. If two men walked through the halves of the animal, then it was a binding contract. And if one of them didn't keep their half of the bargain, it was a may the same thing happen to me that was done to the animals. But the fact that God himself, not Abram, but God alone walked through the two halves meant that it was God who made the promise and it was up to him to keep it. Everything depended on God and not Abram. Hebrews 6.13 tells us, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. So God confirmed and sealed his promise to Abram by passing through those two halves. God had a plan, and God was going to be faithful to carry it out. So let me wrap this up by reminding you that obedience sometimes brings darkness. Sometimes obedience brings a period of waiting. And sometimes obedience brings in the buzzards. And when the buzzards come, just keep shooing them away because God is still at work in your life. Thanks for taking the time to listen in. Share it with a friend if it's been helpful. Repost it on your social media accounts. We'll see you next time.